0: The key to the whole thing is really finding the influencer you think is going to fit um, And then also having a really good line of communication with them.
1: Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, episode 79. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. If there's one thing that you and I know more about than anything, it's probably how to influence other people. I mean, how long have you been a hypnotist for now? Like 17 years. Okay, and I've been doing this psychological mind reader y thing after dinner for 18 years. And that's to be only because I'm like a year or so older than you. Yeah, three years, actually. I think you're fine. Is it really three? Three years, yeah. Is that what okay, fine. Three years between us. So, But we do understand how to get into people's heads and how to understand them. And that's, that's one kind of influence. But what we're talking today about
2: is influence and influencers. Now, the definition of which, and this is my words, not like Wikipedia or the Oxford English Dictionary. So basically, I- take it for nothing. <laughs> it's the idea that you have influence over people. You could sure. say something or post about something or do something and other people would therefore... Sure. And in, in official terms, I think it's 5,000. If you've got
1: 5,000 Instagram followers, you are seen in the eyes of the law as somebody who is an official influencer. And that's that means, number, all, is I think that's the number. It's either five or 10, but I want to be conservative just in case there's 10 right. and someone comes along and spanks around the bottom in an unkind way. But uh, it's if you've got 5,000 people following you, you have enough influence over enough people for it to be significant. And that means a lot of things. One, you've got to be very clear and very open about when you you're so endorsing a product because you're being paid for it versus when you're not being
2: paid for it. Yeah, and people have got in proper trouble for it.
1: Real trouble, yeah. There's big fines about But you also have to adhere to all lots more of the advertising standards agency policies, including, for example, if you're an influencer, you've got over 5,000 people who are following you on one of the channels, any channel by the way, this is not exclusive to Instagram. People think influencers are Instagram, that's literally, that could be a mailing list, by the way. Right. Like you've got influence, if you've got that many visits to your blog every week, like, or every day or month, whatever, that's how many people are going to coming along. We're talking about all of these audiences, right? So it, for example, somebody got into trouble just a few months back it was earlier, much earlier this year, I think, where they came on some kind of platform and they talked about how they'd been poorly or something had happened. And they took a certain like off the shelf medicine, like an aspirin or just something you can buy over the counter and just go and grab, go and grab. And then somebody else watched that and thought, oh, well, I've been having similar sort of things self diagnosed themselves went and got the same medications the influencer had, cho- had chosen to talk about and then had a really negative really bad experience afterwards i think they got really really poorly so and that and that actually meant that the influencer was liable for that Crikey. I And mean, so it's, it's just, just be careful folks when talking about being an influencer. But actually what we're here to talk
2: about today is the opposite of being an influencer. And that's how to tap into that as a traffic source. Now for us, we've never really done much in the way of influencer marketing. So this was a big eye opener for us. And there was a big sort of mind blown type moment where we realized, actually, do you know what? This is just another source of traffic. And there's a moment in the episode where you'll hear it and you go, ah, I understand. Like I think about this the same way. It's just another source of traffic. It's something we should, should absolutely all be tapping into uh, because it works really, really well. I mean, we have had a lot of success with having affiliates promote our stuff and that's a form of influencer marketing. It totally is. It's a good way of thinking of it. So suddenly you realize, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm, this is influencer marketing. I'm getting other people to put this in front of their audiences. And it's just in that instance, the form of payment is commissions rather than a a sort of agreed fee and stuff. So, so much in this episode where we're chatting to Shane Barker, he's got so much gold on this particular topic. You're going to absolutely love it. Before we get into any of that, we're going to go
1: over to all-important, all-important? Rob's all-important quote of the week.
2: Yes, because as they say, allow your thoughts to breathe the way that squirrels do each morning.
1: That just makes you feel really good, doesn't it? Just imagine that, just allowing those thoughts to breathe and
2: Whatever else else you just said. <laughs> <laughs> now we want you to take all of that inspiration you've just been given and plow it ahead into your education. Uh, we're doing actually a free web class about email marketing this week. Uh, it's a free web class where we're going to teach you a full campaign that you can do, all broken down into three really simple steps that will help you to, well, in our case, double our sales with email. Really, really simple stuff, and it will help you to get more sales not only out of everybody that's currently on your list, but also out of every new subscriber that comes along and pops their email address in as well really really super simple stuff and it's a totally free web class all you've got to do is pop yourself over to response forward slash webinar you'll be able to dive on in if you
1: ever thought you know what it is I'd love one of those influencers who's got a big following on one of the social platforms or a massive mailing list and I wish they would just tell their audience about me because you know that would be a really good way for you to win some new customers and build your own tribe you're about to love this interview with the main man Shane Barger (laughs)
2: Shane, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How
0: are you? Doing awesome, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Even better for speaking with
2: you. Yeah. Very excited. This is going to be awesome. So let's chat about this thing because you're a a genius with this influencer marketing thing. Now I bet that's a thing that people have heard of. I know this is the case with me and maybe think like, does that even apply to me? Is that a business that I can do? If I can't get Kim Kardashian on Instagram talking about my product, maybe I can't do influencer marketing. Or
1: even like, I don't like sell beautiful clothing that I can have an influencer wear and go, Hey, I bought this from such and such a place. Like, yeah, it's tricky. Who does this stuff apply to?
0: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, the fact that you guys called me a genius—I just want to take that in consideration. And I'm gonna probably call my mom when I'm done with this. And the fact (laughs) status—I didn't know today was gonna be that day, but I knew that I was at that pivotal point. So thank you guys for that ahead of time. You're welcome. Yeah. I think when it comes influencer marketing, the the misnomers and the the misunderstanding is once again, like you said, you you know, I have to go work with the Kim Kardashians of the world, or it has to be these big type influencers. cool part about influencer marketing is it doesn't. You don't need to go have somebody that has a million followers. That's a thing that people think because it's, you know, they think about, well, the more uh, followers they have, then obviously the more, you know, eyeballs I'm going to get and the more things I'm going to sell. And That's not always the truth. So influencer marketing is really this, the sale of a, your product or service through people that have influence, right? And they have a following, a social media following. And so it doesn't have to be, you know, you can have, use the example as a yoga instructor. I mean, you can find somebody that's a, yoga instructor that has, you know, 5,000 heavily engaged yogis that are following them that you can sell your product to, right? Assuming that it's in line with what that is. And so I think what you, what's interesting about influencer marketing is because there's millions of influencers out there, your product, whatever that is, a high percentage of the time you can find an influencer that has an audience that would be willing to buy your product or service. It just takes a little bit of digging.
1: That makes sense. Okay. So taking a little bit of digging. So when we talk about influencer, what size audience is like that is an influencer versus that's somebody who's not quite an influencer yet, but it's a kind of a wannabe. See,
0: that's the thing is it? I mean, we've always based it off of numbers, right? So I, I hate to say, Hey, there's, you know, if you have a thousand followers and you're an influencer, but if you have 500, you're not, or you have, you know, a million, you're an influencer. And yeah. if you have 500,000, mm-hmm. you're not. So it comes down to, for me, engagement and, and whether it aligns with your product or service, right? So once again, the yoga instructor being the example, they could even have 500 people, but it could be 500 people that love Johnny or Jennifer, the yoga instructor, and anything that they say about, hey, I just tried this new you know, yoga mat that floats or something. And they're like, oh my God, that's what I need in my life because I want to be like John or Jennifer when I grow up, you know, or when I'm doing my yoga stuff. So it, it really doesn't have to be, you don't have to have millions of followers. The idea is is does your product work with this influencer and with their audience? And do you think that you can, you know, create some content that will make it so these, these people will go and buy your product or service? Hmm. That's
2: really cool. I mean, you know, there's different businesses. There's physical businesses, physical products, there's, there's digital products. Does this work for both? Or is this really something that like it has to be a physical product because the influencer has to be seen using, wearing, holding, eating it? What Where does this fit?
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, you can do both. I mean, we've done. I started off in the influencer space with uh, it was a digital product. It was a client by the name of Zoe Rodriguez, um, and her product was build a better booty. So I don't know if I need to do heavy explanation on what that means. I'm sure internationally, Please, have you know got photos. A, a is. I do. I'm going to send you guys some some pictures that they're of me, which is going to be super awkward. But nice. don't worry, we're not using video, so it's only an audio. So we should be fine. Um, no, you know, it's it with her product was which was interesting about her product is because, you know, you have a fixed cost of creating the eBooks. And then what you do is then you go and you send them out to your audience. So the cool part about that is that if, let's say it costs you $5,000 to put that together, every product or everything that you got after that is going to be pretty much revenue, right? Because you have a fixed cost. And so the digital products were real interesting because once again, you have a fixed cost and then after anything over $5,000 is all is all, you know, you know, cash at that point. So the, the thing we didn't see with Zoe is because she had multiple programs. What we realized was when she came to us, she was doing, you know, $20 an ebook. And what we realized is that people, the women, because that's mainly who are buying our product, that we had these other products, these five other products or five in total that, hey, instead of offering them for, you know, $20, so it will be $100 in total because it's a digital product. Why don't we offer all of them for $50? Like, hey, you want to buy one for $20, but well, why don't we get all five of them for $50? And we increased her, her cost from her average cost from $20 or what the, the purchase, the purchase price that people would uh, buy it for to $35. So we bundled them. Does that make sense? So you can't do that with the physical product because I can't say, Hey, look, buy one, one, one shirt for $20 or right. five shirts for 50. For the most part, you probably, you know, you're probably touching on what your, your cost is to produce those. So sure. the digital product, you can bundle them. So that was something that's real interesting. The product side of things can be interesting because once again, you know, you can give away free product. There's a lot of different ways that you can kind of put that together in a package and and work with influencers. The key to the whole thing is really finding the influencer you think is going to fit. And then also having a really good line of communication with them, like putting a good brief together, explaining what hashtags you want to use, what kind of content's been successful in the past, but at least giving them the rights to, you know, be able to get creative in the content that they're producing. Um, you just want to make sure there's certain things you want to do. I mean, we see it now, you know, some people have said, oh, influencer marketing doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work if you don't find the right influencer, right? PPC right. doesn't, you don't find the right audience. SEO doesn't work if you don't find the right keywords, right? So it all comes down to if just because you've done a campaign and you worked with one influencer doesn't mean, and it didn't work, doesn't mean that influencer marketing doesn't work, right? Yeah. I mean, just because you work with one marketing company doesn't mean that marketing doesn't work, right? <laughs> it's like, right? So it's like this this thing of like, Hey, it's a, you got to kind of test it. It's not a, Hey, go hire this celebrity. They go and put something up one time and then you go and you hire somebody to count all your money while you're in the Caribbean. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's the dream, but that's not, that's not reality. It still going to take some work.
2: Here's a dumb question for you, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Do all of these influence like influencers like know that they're influencers? Like, is that their business? And when you go to them, they're like absolutely expecting it. This is their brand button. And they have what a they package, do all they day. Have a they know what the process is. Or is this a bit like you're going to them because they have an audience and you're saying, hey, you've got an audience. I can pay you to put my stuff in front of your audience.
0: Yeah. So it's funny that you say that. So one thing you guys, I don't know if you know this, but I actually teach a course at UCLA in Southern California. It's personal branding and how to be an influencer. Um, so it's funny that you say that. So, and I think the reason why we started, we did it in LA is because, you know, LA is like, everybody goes down there to be an actor, nobody makes it. And now they can say they're going to be an influencer. So it gives them more time in LA to become, even though they're really working at a a restaurant probably as a waiter or something like that. But anyways, keeping the dream alive in Los Angeles, um, the influencer (laughs) marketing thing down there is it's interesting in the sense that, you know, some of these people understand that there's influencer marketing that understand that maybe they can turn this into a company or to a brand. And what I do is I educate them how to do that. And that's why it's a personal branding thing of like, Hey, if you have a good social media following, let's say it's 5,000 people Hmm. and it's very specific, they're very engaged. Now, how do you turn this into a business? How do you, you know, get a media kit together? How do you outreach to, um, to a Nike or to whatever, to a brand and say, Hey, this is what, this is what I can do. Like, let me show you my audience. Let me show you why this could be good. And all I'm looking for is this. And I've already started to put together some ideas on content because most brands don't know how to find influencers. I've been doing this for about six years. And I can tell you that's still a problem. And yeah. most influencers aren't marketers. Right? right? So that's, that's an issue, right? That's so you, bit, yeah. you go to an influencer and say, Hey, what do you think we should do here? And they're like, well, I kind of know what my audience likes, but mm. I'm not really a marketer. And that's not really a great answer, right? Like, I'm not really sure I'm clueless. And the brand's like, I'm clueless too. like, why don't we do a campaign together? This would be awesome. You're clueless. I'm clueless. I'm sure this is going to be successful.
2: No, yeah, this not. This, this makes so much sense because that means that by, by you know, with this episode and armed with the information you're sharing with, it, with us, this means that at least uh, we can turn to the influencer and have the knowledge. Like if they don't, they've got the audience, but they don't really know what to do with it because they haven't been through your amazing training.
1: We can sort of steer that, can So yeah. what does that funnel look like? So for us people looking at hiring influencers as a new way of bringing traffic I mean basically it's a traffic source it's a new Absolutely. new traffic source right what what are the good offers or what you'll be driving people to is it that we should be using influence to get people to come and download our new ebook or is it more like hey here's a discount code what kind of what does the funnel look like so influencer posts a thing what next yeah
0: yeah. I mean, that's the thing is there's, it really depends on your product and service and what your KPIs are, right? So your key performance indicators. So yeah. you're saying, Hey, I want to drive sales. And we say, okay, great. I'm XYZ watch company. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to go and find influencers or ambassadors for the program. Mm-hmm. Our plan is going to be, Hey, we're going to give you two watches a month. They're retail at $300. So that's $600. Um, we're going to build a landing page for you. And then on that landing page, obviously we'll have your picture on there. We'll get all this fun stuff done. Um, you know, sometimes this happens a little later. So you want to see if they're moving the needle. So what you can start off with is a coupon code. So we say, hey, let's use Shane25. You get the influencer. Hey, we'll give you $500 a post, whatever you agree upon. Plus, we'll give you 10% of any sales on the watch, right? Everything's negotiable. Great. Now this guy goes or lady goes and sells 20 watches. And so they make, you know, a thousand bucks. And I go, wow, this is awesome. So maybe now we should actually develop a landing page for this individual, right? Because they're really moving the needle. And we really put some time and more effort into them, pay them more money. And there we go. Now we have a good funnel there, right? And so that's the thing about it is you you might you might have an idea of who like for a watch company, like who buys your watch, right? Maybe it's a, a male watch company, and it's usually men between twenty-four and thirty-eight because they have to be, you know, or maybe it's you know, forty-five to sixty because they have to be successful and love diamonds, and you know, they're going through the the the, the thing where they want to buy the Corvette because they're six years old, and don't know what to do in life. And you know, anyways, they're going through that whole process, right? So right. that's what you have to kind of figure out. And once you find the influencer that can move that needle you know, once again, so you find 10 influencers, you do campaigns with them, all different campaigns. It can be an open box situation. It can be somebody who does a video. It can be somebody who writes a blog post. It can be, you know, an, a, a high-end influencer that's going to, you know, once again, get free product from you or free watches from you. Or there's so many different ways to structure a deal. I mean, the biggest question I get is like, what do you pay an influencer? And that's hard to say because every influencer is different. Like if I was Walmart or I was you know, this big, a big retailer. And I went in and asked an influencer. The influencer is probably going to charge me more than if it was a local mom and pop shop that, you know, once again, was just kind of grinding this thing out and trying to bootstrap something. Those mm-hmm. are two totally different deals. And so, and especially the influencer, this is a, I'll give you guys some great information for your, for your audience. One thing that people, they underestimate, they don't think about in these situations that if you have some followers on your social media, you're a brand, why go find influencers? Go look in your current audience. Because if you might find somebody that's an influencer in your audience or that's following you that's already a fan, that already loves your product, like you don't have to convince them to love your product because they're already following you. Then you talk to them and say, hey, I see that you've been following us for a long time. You really enjoy our watches. Would you be interested in some type of like an influencer relationship or maybe like an ambassador program? They're like, I love your watches. I've bought five of your watches already. I would love, I would do anything to get a watch a month. I can do videos, I can do this. Now what you do is you say, Hey, for that watch or two a month, what would you be willing to do? I'd be willing to do one video, I'd be willing to do this. Now you're negotiating what your terms are for the price of two watches or $500 or $5,000 or whatever that number is.
2: Very cool. That's, that's actually a really interesting, unusual, probably like a place that people, most people wouldn't think of to find an influencer. So let's dig a little bit more into other methods of finding the right influencers.
0: Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, one way, A, you can look in your own audience, right? So I think it's some low-hanging fruit. Um, another thing you can do is there's obviously you can do hashtag searches, right? So yoga is an example. So if you looked up hashtag yoga or hashtag Los Angeles yoga or something like that. Then you can go down that list and look at individuals' content. There's always software, right? I mean, software is a great resource. I mean, when I started doing influencer marketing, um, I use these things called Excel spreadsheets and your audience might not know what those are. What the heck? Um, I know. I know. I, I got it. I actually found it in my I think grandma's. I need to sit down. Hang on yeah I know I should have told you, put your seatbelt on too, because this is only the <laughs> beginning of the ride um yeah I, so we use these Excel spreadsheets, and I like highlighted and like if you looked at them, it looks like a you know like a like I have like autism or something like I'm like at our earls and doing this, you you couldn't like they're probably like the, the way that they had a- G- Egypt, you know they have the, all the stuff of the writing on that like if anybody looked at my excel spreadsheet, they'd be like, this is a whole other language, like we're not sure what this says, but I'm sure it's profound um it was you know we we <laughs> I'm sure it's Egypt. genius. Yeah, probably it probably was. It was probably yeah, it was probably extremely smart back then. A lot of a lot of things have changed, but anyways, um, so you know we look at these Excel spreadsheets, and now you have software that you can go and find the, the same thing. What I mean by that is we would use these Excel spreadsheets go on Instagram and go find somebody that was a fitness influencer, look up certain hashtags and go look at their, their stuff. And I would look at their content and kind of look at the following and see what kind of comments were being written, how many, um, how many sponsorships they have with you know maybe our competitors or with other brands, how often they're promoting promotional content. Are they promoting good content or is it all like, Oh my God, I stayed at the best hotel last night. And they've said that 40 times in a row. Right, where it's like, okay, I get it. How many times can you stay at the best hotel, you know, like once a week for, um, you know, 10 years or something? So, right. you know, we, you have to kind of look at that, but software will make it so you can go in and put in hashtags, you can go in uh, geographical areas, you can do it by um, volume search of like how many users they have. And then what you can actually do is pull that list or go and look at and pull that list. And then I actually do an eyeball test. I actually go and look at the individuals. So let's say I want to give 25 influencers for a campaign I'll pull a list of 100. And then I go and look at their profile. Because you could because at the end of the day, I can look and say, Oh, they have an engagement rate of 4%. So I'm like, God, that's super awesome. And then what I do is I go over to Jennifer's page. And I find out it's because she's in a g string all day long. And it's, you know, 500 guys that are saying inappropriate stuff. Mm. That is engagement, but that's not the engagement I'm looking for, right? Unless I'm selling Jennifer's, you know, g string calendar or something, then great, we probably have some sales there. But if I'm selling another product, like a yoga product. And they're going to be like, well, unless Jennifer's there in the G-string, why would I want to like even buy that? Right? So you have to, you have to set some eyeballs on it. And then another thing I do, which is, once again, you know, you can't be lazy in any of these processes, is I interview the influencers. I actually would do a call with them to kind of find out where they're at. We're, we're starting a relationship, right? So for me, I need to make sure that you know a little bit about the product, that you've looked into it, that you're excited about it, that you've already kind of thought about some content. Like, it's an interview, like kind of for a job. Like if I went into a job and you guys sent me an email and I sent you my resume back, would you guys just send me an email back and said, Hey, Shane, you're hired. Start Monday. Like, right. You want to get to know me. Like, is is he funny? Is he cool? Does he, you know, is he on drugs? Like, you know, we got to, there's some things we got to figure out. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where the interview comes in. And once again, and also it's, it's easier to be able to explain as a brand also what our goals are right? Like, Hey, just want to let you know, we don't have a huge budget this time, but what our goals are is to do this. We've got these things going. We're also going to take the content you produce. We also want to promote you on our Instagram. We're also going to put you on a flyer. We're going to put you on our website. Like we're looking to make this a win-win situation for both sides. And where's what we call a value trade. So this influencer might used to be getting, you know, $5,000 or whatever it is, but you can get them at $1,000, but explain to them how you have a value trade there, how you're willing to help them grow their business as well. And you're going to build that relationship, that deeper relationship. So it's
1: not just about the cold, hard cash you hand over. Interesting. Hmm.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing is it's some businesses aren't going to have the money to spend, right? So it's like, then how do you do that? You're going to have time to invest and you have to say, okay, Mr. Influencer, I I know you're used to getting, you know, a thousand dollars a post, but maybe we can work something out where I'm doing 250, but it can be a value trade of, hey, we're going to, what I'll do is I'll have my videographer that's in your town come over there. I'll pay for all the video work and all it's going to do is take two hours of your time. Mm, Everything's negotiable, right? You got to think about it, be creative about it because every influencer is different. They're not all the same. It's not a, you know, we don't, we don't, unfortunately they're not all just going through UCLA and going through my training and then coming out as robots and everything's perfect. Like this is a never ending, like somebody who was an influencer yesterday is an influencer today and they're clueless on how to do it. They don't know what to do. They're like, I've got an audience, but not sure how to leverage it, what to do, what to offer, how much, to you know, how much to ask from brands. It's, Hmm. scary out there in the real world.
2: Is this something that you would normally do as like, a, an, like an event driven, like a launch or a, like a one-off campaign? And you'd say like, well, we, we're going to do this launch of a thing and we want to get 25 people to do this now. And then we'll sort of close it down at the end of the month. Or is this like a, an evergreen thing where you're constantly like looking to, to get more and more influencers
0: pushing? I mean, the, the way that I would do it is and the way that we put these together is that we really want to do, let's say 10 campaigns, right? So we do somebody on YouTube, a, a woman on YouTube, whoever your audience is, I mean, whoever you think is going to purchase your product, you have to think about that, right? So you have to know your audience first, but then I would do some stuff on YouTube. I would do some stuff on maybe TikTok if you're in the Chinese market or, you know, except that, that platform is really blowing up. I'd definitely on Instagram, maybe do a blog, maybe do some videos. What you really want to do is test because it really, at the end of the day, no different than PPC, like you're going to go put up a few ads and see which one moves the needle. What are you going to do? You're going to take your budget and then you're going to throw it into that and then try to create some other ones, right? You want to find out the working funnel. Influencer mm-hmm. marketing is no different. So I go and I find out the video that we put up with, you know, Jennifer Smith just absolutely seemed to crush it. Um, and so now what we need to do is go find people that are like Jennifer Smith that have an audience like Jennifer Smith. And we know that if they put out this type of content that we should have a higher likelihood of having a successful campaign. So you want to test different things. I mean, this is the thing is you guys talk about like the fry festival, you know, the big thing was like the you know, they had all the kids buying $15,000 tickets and they went out there and there was no water and yeah. there's was no oh, cabin yeah, car. Yeah. Right. Remember that the whole thing that went down? Well, the funny part about that is like, oh, you got to be careful with influencer marketing. That just showed that it worked. It just showed that kids will go buy a $15,000 ticket. I mean, it sucks. They didn't have water. You know, I'm not trying to like downplay what happened, right? I'm sorry that all those kids died. No, I'm just kidding; they died. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> so the I haven't seen alive. that version. Yeah, that didn't show that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they're yeah. I mean, most of them survived and stuff, and they're eating caviar again. They're getting their strength back and stuff. They should be good. <laughs> um, but it, you know, really comes down to like it does work. Like if you have a great campaign, you have influencers that, once again, can move the needle. It's phenomenal because you have these little pods, these influencers that have these communities that once again, we can tap into. And there's thousands of, if not millions of them. So as a brand, it becomes really interesting once you find that working funnel, once you find that perfect avatar, you're saying, hey, this seems to really move the needle. Let's put more budget into this. And then obviously you want to get that going and then you want to test market something maybe outside of where you think your audience would be.
1: That's really, really interesting. I literally see it as that sort of test At the same as you would with any other traffic method. You were talking about, a few moments ago, you're talking about negotiating, talking about, it doesn't have to be just the cash, but it could be, how can you save them time? How, you, how can you offer them in a sort of barter system? What does yeah. it look like when, because some of these influencers these days, and we know some, in fact, who have management, the dreaded management who get in the way. How do you feel when you get in touch with an influencer and they're like, Hey, you need to speak to my management. Is that like a no-go? Is that a no-fly zone for you? Or is that like, a, no, that's okay. We'll deal with them differently. What do we do when we get up against that?
0: Yeah. I mean, it it really depends on who you're going after, right? So some of them are going to have manager, which just means that the manager is there to, you know, I mean, it's the gatekeeper to like negotiate deals and this kind of stuff. So you're not going to be able to get to the influencer directly most of the time and have those type of interviews, unless you're a Nike or Adidas or these huge brands and say, Hey, I absolutely need to speak with you because we need to be on the same page. Mm. Usually what I would recommend is that if you are beginning in this and you're spending whatever five, 10, 15, dollars if you're spending a hundred thousand, two hundred and fifty thousand or whatever your number is, then you're gonna have some people that have management, but you need to put in your agreement, hey, we need to make sure that you know John Smith is on the call with us as well. I mean, once again, you need to figure that out. I mean, if you're a serious brand and that makes sense. You're gonna probably have the influencer on the call because you want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. That's why you put a brief together and the influencer signs a brief and you know, you guys are make sure you're you're complying with FTC and there's a lot of regulations and stuff that you want to make sure you're in compliance with. Hmm. But if they have a manager, it's not a bad deal, right? I mean, that's not a, that the thing is just means they're busy. means they've got a lot going on. It means they take their business seriously. Um, hmm. But don't expect if you're a small brand and you're reaching out to them, they have that, unless you have a big budget, it's going to be a little more difficult unless you have something, unless you have a tie-in. So let me give you an example. Like, let's say I was coming out with a shirt that, um, you know, 50% of the profits, it's because of my aunt who passed away. And I have this shirt that I came out with. And really what I'm doing is I'm trying to, you know, build this up to make it be a million dollars. So half a million dollars can go to cancer awareness. And we can educate people because my aunt, if she would have known about this one year before, then she wouldn't have died of cancer. And then what we do is we go after influencers that have survived cancer, that have talked about cancer on on, on any kind of, you know, Instagram or something like that. And in those situations, you can kind of tug on heartstrings because you're like, hey, this really isn't for me to go and make a million dollars and get to my island, right? My, my Fry Festival Island. The The idea of this is I want to go and I want to, you know, I'm. this is for a bigger cause. This is for, you know, not for me to make money, but this is to, you know, once again, this is an education thing. And now you can have influencers that would say, hey, you know what? I also had an aunt or an uncle or I had cancer. I just beat it. Um, and that's absolutely something I would be interested in doing. And then you can maybe get around the gatekeeper. But the gatekeeper is there to filter through what they think is going to be good and what's not good. And they only get paid on the good stuff, right? So, yeah.
2: Great. This is really cool. So in that case, we're going to interrupt things with our very first game of the episode. Now, this is an interesting one because obviously your surname is Barker. Indeed. So we decided that we would come up with a really logical, perfect fitting name and we thought, okay, Barker, what does that make us think of? And we were as well, you know, uh, we think makes us think of barks. So that could be trees. Trees aren't very interesting. And eventually, we got to uh, a game about dogs because dogs. dogs say bark.
0: Dogs bark. Yeah, that's how we got so there. That's so how we got
2: that's there. how this works. And uh, what right. we're going
1: to do is uh, we're going to read out. Alter, alternatively, so that'll be me and then Rob. We're going to read out one of the name of those trendy mongrel dogs, which is basically uh, a crossbreed crossbreed dog. And we're going to ask you which. So we're going to give the trendy name of that crossbreed dog and you're going to tell us which two actual pedigrees that dog is made up of. Does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I mean, I'm on on the coffee right now, so we should be good. We should be good to go. Okay,
2: let's do it. So the first one is a pit ski. What two dogs is that?
0: So a pit bull and a ski, pit ski. Um, I don't know, a pit in something, a pit obviously. You can
1: pass, you can pass.
0: I'll pass. Let's pass. Okay,
1: that was a pipple and a husky. It kind of makes sense. Oh, I know, right? Okay. Oh, this was going to be fun for me to say. This is a cormation.
0: A collie and a dalmatian. Uh, exactly. You can
1: have it. You can uh, because of my pronunciation. I, I'm going to give you that one. It was a corgi and a dalmatian, but I'll, you can have it.
2: The next one oh, is a chug. What's a chug? C H U G.
0: Sounds like something from my college years. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on that one. Okay, that was a
1: pug and a chihuahua. Uh, what about a Labradoodle?
0: A Labrador and a Snickerdoodle.
1: A uh, Labrador and a Poodle.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's the doodle. Yeah, that could be Snickerdoodle doodle ah, Poodle. You can have it. it. That, that could have been that, that, been. that, you can have that one. The
2: next one is a Schnoodle.
0: So that's a Shih Tzu and a Poodle. Ah, You can have that you as can well. Have one that's actually
1: a Poodle and a Schnauzer.
2: The next man. one is a Corman. Had half of this already. This is Corman.
0: Corman.
2: Um. These ones man, are have to super pass them, that one. If
0: you look up a
1: photo of these. You're passing on it. It was a Corgi and a German Shepherd. You should honestly take. Uh, it. So,
2: it should have been called a Corpid. Corpid. Yeah. Does, does
0: it, like does it have like two long legs in the front and short legs in the back? Or, man, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish it did. Uh, the next one you're is always a, falling on your face. <laughs> is it a what about a Udo? Oh, a Udo. Okay, so we got poodle on the end. A uh, yellow lab.
1: Uh it's not. It's that one's a Yorkshire terrier. A you can poodle. have it
2: though because it's all oh, No, no, you we can't. can't have it. <laughs> the next one is a <laughs> Pomsky.
0: So a Pomeranian, and um, what was the last one? A uh, Pomsky. Ski. Uh, man, I don't know I'll have to pass on that one too A husky
1: on the end there A husky on the oh, end Two more to go Two more to go uh, What on earth is that? A ch- a chalky
0: So is that a chihuahua and a husky? Uh, it could be It yes, could be It could be I'm going to go with yes
2: <laughs> And the, thing last the last shocking. The last one terrible. The last one is a cockapoo I used to
0: have one of these so that's a Cocker Spaniel and a Cocker. And a, um, Cocker. Oh, isn't that like a bird?
2: It could be a... Oh, no, it can't. No.
0: Oh, my God. They've changed um, the rule
2: so, on this one from all the rest.
0: Man, I gotta, I'm going to have to pass on it. I can't it's remember a
2: the co- It's
1: a Cocker Spaniel and a Poodle. So a you're going to go out total of four out of ten. That wasn't terrible. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, Yes, yeah, we'll have that, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have that. All right, I want to ask about influencers again because that's what we're here to talk, to talk about. You've just worked with one influencer, you've done a campaign, it's been pretty successful. You're really happy with the results. It brought you some good traffic, that traffic converted, your offer's good, you've made some customers. Fabulous, gorgeous stuff. How often would you say it's reasonable to recontact the same influencer again and run
0: the same or a similar campaign? You, you absolutely won. I mean, the idea of this is to build a relationship with somebody that, that is moving the needle for you. So yeah, nice. and it's also great for their audience and it's great for the influencer. Influencers want to work with the same brands because at the end of the day, if, you know, Jennifer last week, she talked about Nike, this week she talks about Adidas and then next week she's going to talk about K-Swiss, her audience is going to go like, I'm confused on I'm confused. You, yeah. right? Like I don't really know what's going on. So if I can do that long-term relationship and I have it with Nike or whoever that may be, and now I'm an ambassador and hey, whenever the new shoes come out, I talk about them everybody's already familiar with it. And when the new stuff comes out, they get excited and want to purchase it. So the goal is back in the day it used to be, you know, I say six years ago, seven years ago, when we started doing this, you could put up a picture of creatine and somebody, you know, saying, Hey, I use creatine and then maybe get all kinds of sales from it. It's pretty simple because influencer marketing wasn't, it was a thing, but people really didn't know what it was. These days they are a little more savvy of like, nah, I get it, Shane, that you use creatine, but but I don't think that's the reason why you've, you know, been lifting weights, you know, or that's the reason why you're, you know, they're, they're not making that direct connection. Now, if I'm using it every morning and I'm not always just showing it in a picture, but kind of talking about my process and working out. And one of the things that I've been able to recover better is because I've been using creatine and just building up that storyline of how creatine has made it that so I'm, you know, better looking and successful. And, you know, I've got more money and my, you know, my poodle eat, drinks it too, like whatever the deal is, right? And so now what you're doing is you're showing, your audience sees that over and over and over and they're going to be more acclimated to go and purchase something because of the frequency of it. Like if you just do one post with one person, it's probably not going to crush it out the gate. It just won't because once again, it's a frequency thing. Marketing is always repetition. So if you just go do, you expect to see, you know, a billboard once, you're not going to go and buy that thing 30 times. Right. The idea, you want to see it over and over and over and influencer marketing is no different
1: and that 's the thing but how okay, so you might do like a multi day campaign might be one day of repeating it, right so it might be like on day on day one you 're going to do this kind of video on this you 're going to do this kind of post you 're going to do this kind of thing that 's a multi day campaign that 's great and that 's one way of repeating How often would you how often is reasonable I suppose to go back to the influencer and say let 's do it again is it is doing it once a month probably going to encroach on their actual organic following and their their usual influence over their in, over their, their crowd and their tribe or twice a year is that what you would go for like what would you recommend
0: yeah i mean it really depends on on how well it fits within their content that they're currently producing right so if it's once again if you're a yoga instructor and you do yoga every day then it makes sense you can talk about a yoga brand a lot more consistently right if it is a one time trip to hawaii that you got for being a yoga instructor you can't talk about that every month. Like, oh man, I can't wait when I go on my trip to Hawaii in nine months. Like, you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But it kind of seems kind of far away to be talking about, right? So the idea of it is, is if you, that's why when you pick an influencer, you want to pick an influencer where your brand and and their audience mix, and, but where you can also do multiple campaigns, right? Because the idea of it is a frequency deal. So that's where you have these posts that can happen. And once again, with this, whatever you're giving them the money or you know trade out product or something like that, and then you come up with a content strategy plan, right? Of like, okay, great. What would you be willing to do for this price? Hey, I think I can promote, I can talk about you guys three times a month. And that can be one time on Instagram stories. We'll do a video for YouTube and then we'll write a blog post in that next month. I'm going to share the my content from my blog onto my Instagram. So we'll leave that there as a permanent post. Then we're gonna have, the idea is, is each influencer, there should be a strategy involved, right. right? There should be a plan in place. It's not a just hire an influencer, give them cash, send them product, have them posted and then pray to sweet baby Jesus or the you know influencer gods or whoever you're going to pray to that things go well. The idea is you want to be more in control of your campaign. Same thing with SEO, same thing with PPC. This is a, a thing that you put in your tool belt for marketing, right? It's not the end all be all, but you have right. to spend some time. Don't skip, people skip a lot of these steps because they go, well, it should go fine because they have a lot of followers.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be part of that marketing mix, hasn't it? And as well, how does yeah. it, go, what I thought was interesting that you said there, which I had actually never, absolutely never thought of, which was that, that influencer might have influence across multiple channels. They might have a primary channel, say they're a massive Instagram star, but they might have like a secondary bunch of an audience over on YouTube. They might have shifted some of them over to, I don't know, Snapchat, if that's still a, a, still a thing these days. How in terms of is, is there a risk? I mean, it sounds like there's a risk that if you, if you don't have as big a budget as these huge Nike-style brands, they could just sort of fob you off into one of their sort of B-rated, less influential channels. You have to obviously take into consideration the size of the audience across each of the channels before they just palm you off on them though, don't
0: you? Yeah. I mean, that's why it's important if you're an influencer, you should have a media kit. And if you're a brand, you should ask about it for a media kit. Like, where are, hmm. your, where are your channels? Hey, so I have Instagram. I do some YouTube stuff. And then I have a blog that has, you know, 5,000 email lists and I get, you know, 10,000 visitors a month, Hmm. right? Okay, great. And now when they put that plan together, you go in and take a look at that. Because this is another thing too, is just because they're putting content out there, you also should be doing some kind of PPC. You should do something to, because once that campaign goes live, let's say on on Instagram, as an example, then it's only going to get pushed down. Like, what are you going to do to make that content evergreen that you can repurpose that? It's sending some PPC stuff. If somebody does a blog post, you should look at that blog post in another two months, look at it for whatever keywords you were going after, see where it's at, and you should revitalize that content and and add more content to it to get better SEO rankings, right? Or if there's a video on on YouTube, like how well is that ranking? Do you have the keywords in there? Do you, you know, is there ways to optimize that and make that perform better for people that are looking for a specific term or keyword or how to do something on YouTube? So there's levels to this. People think you just put up the content and then once again, you just pray. It doesn't work. I've prayed yeah. a lot and it never worked in the beginning. Um, <laughs> what you have to do is you've got to go and you've got to figure out that plan. Like, where do you think that we're going to get the most bang for our buck? And if a blog post, you have to realize a blog post, if that thing goes live and you're number one for a certain keyword, that thing can produce for you each month. Over and over and over, that traffic can continuously come to you, which is awesome. YouTube or you know also can do the same thing where it can index, you know, number one is a video for whatever that is. That can do extremely well. Instagram's a little bit of a different beast because once you put that content up, either A, for stories, it's gone in 24 hours, or it's just, you know, once again, it gets pushed down by other content. But what are you going to do to keep that alive? Right? And so that's going to be where you're going to say, Hey, Mr. Influencer, Mrs. Influencer, you know, I don't, my budget's not $10,000 a month. We have $1,000 a month, but what I am going to do is do some PPC ads that will also promote you. So people will start seeing your face more and more that yeah. isn't gonna cost you anything. We're just gonna do that. Once again, it's gonna really solidify the fact that you're an influencer because more people are gonna see you in that, in that light.
2: Right. So, so cool. Now, Shane, we're going to interrupt proceedings again to play our second and favourite game of the episode. Here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Shane, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. That means that some of the words will be somewhat confused and disguised. Your job, Shane, and of course, dear listener at home, is simply to guess what song Kennedy is singing.
1: Before I sing, I'm going to tell you now, you've got absolutely no chance. This is a horrendous
0: choice, Rob. Here we go. <clears throat> My odds sound good thank you
1: and let fear
0: that was good. I kind of feel like you guys should have people maybe drink a few lagers before they come on. I think if I would have had a little bit more to drink this morning outside of the coffee, <laughs> like it would have all made I mean, made sense.
2: I, mean I, I am actually looking at the lyrics of that song and I would almost get this
0: right. <laughs> That's good. This is That's a brutal good. one. Man, yeah, that, yeah. I, um, God, I would love to tell you guys that I have uh, even a remote clue, but then I would be absolutely lying to you. I um, was.
2: Unless you want to take a guess.
0: No, I'll go for it.
2: That was the uh, Debarge rhythm of the night.
0: That's what I was going to guess. I mean, it's, Damn, that I was, was, so it so was, it cool. was
2: identical. Tip of your tongue, wasn't it? Tip of your tongue. <laughs> Here's a question. For you.
0: Like, Oh, that's not bad. Now, you know, you know, you can tie it in, but yeah.
2: Here's the thing. We actually, we actually approached somebody recently who's sort of, we considered an influencer and said, Hey, would you like to be actually to be an affiliate for our, for our program response suite, for our software response suite? Yeah. And he came back and said, Oh yeah, well, I don't do an affiliate thing, but you can absolutely pay me some money and I'll promote it to my audience. And we were like, Oh, well, we were hoping to do the affiliate thing. Would you like to do that? And he said, well, I was doing the affiliate thing for a while and didn't really work. I wasn't making any money. So instead I'm going to charge you to, to just put the content on. We were like, well, that's a red flag. <laughs> so uh, what sort of red flags should people be looking for when they're trying to find an influencer to kind of promote that stuff
0: yeah what I would do let me explain to you the situation that you guys talked about because what happens is is a and this is a, an issue with the influencers like hey I've tried an affiliate program and it doesn't work okay well that doesn't mean the affiliate program doesn't work right if you have an audience there you have a good audience there it probably either the content didn't work right or how you how you know how it was pitched or how you presented it to your audience didn't make sense right so the thing is, with that, it's not that you sh- people shouldn't do affiliate programs because there's absolutely. I mean, we do a lot of affiliate stuff, and it goes can go extremely well. And the, what I would tell an influencer is like, understand what they did with that in, with the the affiliate program. Like, well, what happened there? Like, wait, great, they gave us the keyword, I wrote the article, and there we go. And what mm-hmm. I would tell them is like, would you be interested in doing affiliate? We'll pay you, but it's going to be a lower payment, right? And what we're going to do is the affiliate thing. Or the affiliate is usually twenty percent. We'll give you twenty five percent, but we're going to show you what's worked in the past. And we're going to have our team, you put together the general content. My team will, you know, put together the final blog post. We're going to promote it on our side. And the, the goal of this is that we think that we can get number one for the specific keyword because I guarantee that there was no strategy behind that, right? What it was, is here goes your affiliate link. Just go use your affiliate link and everything should be good. And then the affiliate doesn't care, right? Because they have a thousand affiliates. But what you really should be doing is fostering them and educating them on how to be able to get that higher rankings. And if you're able to get them number one, and that thing's producing 500 bucks, a thousand bucks a month for them, then you're excited on the affiliate side. Now you can use that as an example to show other affiliates. So that's the affiliate thing doesn't work because most of the time there's no support behind it, right? right? There's a Hey, here's your link, go, go, go see what you can do. And most 99 of percent of the affiliates don't know what to do with that. Not really 99, maybe 95, right? Right. And there's 5% that goes, Hey, I know how to do this. It's not a problem, but you should really educate them a little bit on why you think this can be successful. And Hey, Jennifer has the same audience as you. She was also a little skeptical of doing the affiliate program with us, but let me show you how in three months we were able to get her up to $500 a month. Um, And now look at certain keywords and stuff like that. So if you're interested in something like that, because now they're actually going to learn something and they have other eyeballs on there that are going to be able to tweak that content and be able to make it better for them. And so that it can produce some money for them. So it's that support behind it that I think people miss because they had a bad experience with an affiliate that just sent a link, which is most of the affiliates. That's what they do. And it's kind of like sink or swim. You either go figure out how to drive traffic or you, you know how to do it or whatever. But so I would, I would frame that a little differently of like, hey, I don't have a problem with paying you some money because I understand to produce content is going to take time, right? You have a video team, you have this, I understand that. I'll cover those costs. I don't have a problem with that. But on the affiliate side, you have to be willing to spend some time and I'll show you how to create the content. I'll show you what's worked in the past and we'll work on this together. Is that something you're willing to do? Some affiliate, affiliates will say that's awesome or, or influencers say, yeah, let's do that. It sounds good because I want to learn how to do that better yeah, it's not a problem. And then other ones that go, Hey, it's not worth my time. I've done it before. It doesn't work. The mm-hmm. cool part about influencer marketing is there's thousands if not millions of influencers, right? right? So right. it's awesome. So if an influencer says, Hey, that's not for me, um, screw you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next one. That's not a problem at all. Like you just find the person that says, Hey, I get it. I've done the affiliate thing. Haven't had great results, but I'm like, what happens if we had Shane Barker who's a professional at, you know, influencer marketing and affiliate stuff, help you develop a campaign so you can learn how to better optimize for not only this campaign, but future campaigns. That's a value trade. They're going, wow, that's awesome. I would love to learn that even if this one wasn't highly successful. Now I have a better idea of how to be able to accept these types of programs, at least get some money to cover my overhead and be able to get these articles or these videos to be able to optimize and get number one for certain keywords. That's
1: absolutely great. You've shared so much. Thank you so much for that. We're going to now finish off this episode by heading into what we lovingly refer to as the quickfire round. Hey,
2: hey. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make
1: sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player.
2: So, Shade, start by giving us a book that you would recommend.
0: Well, I can't read, so I know that's probably a, that's kind of a shocker to a few people that are listening. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I um, Conspiracy by Ryan Holiday was one that um, it's funny. So I do a mix of like self help, business, and then like I don't know why, but I'm like into motorcycle gangs. I think that's what I want to do when I'm older or something. So, <laughs> but but I didn't think the motorcycle gangs would like you know the the audience would be like, wow, that's awesome. But Conspiracy by Ryan Holiday was interesting. It talks about Gawker and how that whole thing came about and how Gawker got taken down. Um, and it was just kind of an interesting, like the, the whole thing, the whole process and how it worked out. And it was years of, you know, masterminding and stuff like that, and how they knocked it down. So it was kind of crazy.
1: Wow. Okay. And what will be, what are your top success habits? Something that you do regularly?
0: I mean, drink beer at night. I think I'm that's, that's, no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, well, I'm not kidding. I, I do potentially do that, but um, I actually walk about 10 miles a day in the morning. I get up about five 30 in the morning. So I'm usually done by about 8am. And I do that just to, I walk around, I'm in, I'm in the Sacramento area, I've obviously teaching LA. So I fly down there as well, but I just go here and I'll go on a little hike or go walk downtown or just do something like that. I do calls and do emails and have meetings with my team and I just walk around and kind of like, it kind of helps clear my mind so I can kind of focus on, on other things. Hmm, very
2: cool. Can you give us a marketer or an entrepreneur that you look up to?
0: Oh man, that's a good question. I would say, you know, Neil Patel only in the sense that he was an originator when it comes to producing content and produce content at scale um, very successfully. And I'm, you know, we're doing, I have a, I have a 34 person team. So we produce a lot of content online. I write for 120 websites. So we have constantly producing content. We learned a lot from Neil Patel. uh, But he was somebody that I looked up to just because he was hot and heavy on the scene and educating people on how to do marketing the right way.
1: That's really, uh, wow. Yeah, that's really inspiring. So what are some of your favorite apps and tools that you think are really super cool or maybe you rely on?
0: Yeah. So there's actually one, cause I love to travel. Like I do a lot of like keynote speeches and stuff. And the reason I like half the reason that I pick the places that, you know, reach out to me is like the location. Like I've, I haven't been to the country or the city I'm going. So like, you know, I probably shouldn't say I reduce my rates, but I literally do reduce my rates for cities I haven't been to. But there's a, an app called fare.com or it's called Fair is the app, F-A-R-E. Um, and what it is, it's a place where you can find like cheap airfares. So what I do is I can go and take a look at it and say, Hey, I want to go to Turkey and I wanna go for four days and then you click on it, I wanna do it September, and it'll tell you the best days to go in September and the yeah. cheapest rate. So if you fly out this day, it's three hundred dollars and you get five days, and this is when you would head back. Mm-hmm. Um so it's really cool. I can kind of cause I for me, what I do is it's all digital marketing, so it's all online. As long as I have the internet, I can do anything anywhere. So I like to go in these little sporadic trips and you know, just go look something up and go all right, hey, I'm gonna go to Turkey and then you know, go shoot out to Turkey. And it's a beautiful part of the world too.
2: Awesome. Big important yeah. question here, Shane. Who do you like more, Redhead Rob or Platinum Kennedy?
0: So I tell you, this was a hard one for me. I, I actually didn't sleep a lot last night because I really hate to divide you guys like this. And this is a really big decision. It's probably the biggest decision I've made all week. But I will, I've got to go with Rob because of the red hair. I think that was a bigger That's commitment. I think, think it was. Amazing a big, what,
1: it's it, amazing it, what sympathy will do. It's a smart move. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, damn, he went all full red. Like at blonde, I'm like, I've done blonde. Red is like, you're. I mean, you're you're fully in. Like you're not. There's no look going back on that.
1: All right, Sh- <laughs> Yeah, Shane. Shane, tell us. Tell us where people can go to find out more about you.
0: Yeah. So my website is shanebarker.com, and that's S H A N E. B-A-R-K-E-R.com. Um, and if anybody needs to get in contact with me in regards to influencer marketing or content or SEO, anything fun like that, um, you can always send questions to and, or, and inquire with me at Shane Barker or excuse me, Shane at Shane Barker.com. So that's the email S-H-A-N-E at dot com. I love it. Thank you so much. Ron. It's been really great hanging out. Thanks for sharing so much. Good times. Yeah, good times. And Kennedy, once again, buddy, next time I'll pick you, okay? I just want to make sure we're, we're still good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Okay, solid. Don't miss a thing. A thing.
1: Check out the show notes at blog.responseweek.com.